Welcome to Found in Space, a science podcast for kids and teens. Justice asks, when is NASA going to Europa? You said it was going to explore it. Can you tell me more? Wow. Thank you, Justice. This is great. So let's talk about this. Yes, absolutely. NASA is planning to send a mission to Europa, which is one of the moons around Jupiter. And it's a really special moon. It's one of the Galilean moons. So it's one of the very first moons ever discovered beyond our moon. And it's a moon that we think it's actually a satellite planet. So the whole planet, it's about the size of the moon, of our moon. And we think that it's covered in an ocean, a huge ocean with more water than all of Earth's oceans combined, protected by a thick layer of ice. Now, not only is NASA going to Europa, ESA is also going to Europa. So ESA, E-S-A, is the European Space Agency. And you can think of ESA kind of like NASA. It's a lot like NASA in that its job is to explore the cosmos, learn about our own planet, send missions into space, make satellites, all of those sorts of things. But it's run by a group of European countries working together. Now, some of these countries also have their own space programs in addition to ESA, but they also work together and create a lot of really, really cool missions. Now, nowadays, ESA and NASA partner together on a lot of different projects. So a lot of times when you hear about a mission like the James Webb Space Telescope, it will be a partnership. There will be one organization like NASA that does a lot of it and then has help from another organization. And of course, there are other organizations all over the world. JAXA is another example, right? Japan Space Agency, Canada has a space agency, India does, Australia, right? All over the world. So. Let's talk about these two missions that are going to Europa. And this is an exciting year because this is the year that the missions launch. Now, ESA's mission launched earlier this year in 2023. And hopefully we will have, actually I said this year, but it will, it will probably be next year in 2024 that NASA's mission will be launching. So ESA's mission is called JUICE. Yes, <laughs> JUICE. I love it. It actually stands for Jupiter Icy Moons Explorer. So not only is it going to explore Europa, it will also be exploring Ganymede and Callisto, which are neighbor moons near Europa that we think might also have subsurface oceans, like the name suggests, they're icy. Now, of the Galilean moons, there's actually a fourth Galilean moon, it's called Io. But Io is so close to Jupiter that the gravity, the 
gravitational environment of, of Io makes it this hot volcanic world where we don't see a lot of ices. Now, NASA's mission that is going to Europa is called the Europa Clipper. And this is a flagship mission. So NASA has different tiers or levels of missions. And it is basically how big, how hard of a project and how much funding, how much money are they putting into this project? So some of the famous missions that you may have heard of, like Perseverance, the, ro the Martian Rover, or the James Webb Space Telescope, or the Hubble Space Telescope, those are flagship missions. Those are really big missions. So Europa Clipper is going to be another flagship mission. And it's going to go and look specifically at Europa. Now, because it's going to be in the Jovian system, that means the system of Jupiter, it will probably do some good science on the other moons and on Jupiter itself as well. So JUICE should hopefully arrive in July of 2031, and the Europa Clipper should hopefully arrive in April of 2030. Now, I know those dates sound like a really long time from now for us, but we have to remember that space is actually really big and Jupiter is actually quite far away from Earth. It's about five times as far away from the sun as we are. And everything in space is moving. So we can't just shoot our rockets in a straight line and get to Jupiter. We've got to chase it around the solar system. So these missions, they actually first go around some of the other planets and send themselves flying, flinging towards Jupiter. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about the instruments that these missions have. So the instruments on board are the tools. Both of these are uncrewed missions, meaning there are no people on board. These are just robots. Now these are amazing robots that people have dedicated years of their life to developing and care very deeply about, but they're still robots, right? Humans haven't been farther than the moon yet. Eventually, one day maybe we will be, but for now, we're going to send just our robots. And so these are big robots. These are big craft that are headed to the Jovian system to study Europa and those sister moons. So first of all, we've got a lot of instruments or tools on board that are cameras, right? We want to take pictures. And this is one of the main ways that humans learn about and observe the universe is through light. So when we think about light, we usually think about optical or visible light, the colors of light that humans can see. So if you take a photo on a phone or a tablet, that's the type of photo it is. So there's some really really high quality visible light or optical light cameras on these spacecraft. But not only do they have cameras that can see the type of light we see, they have cameras that can see colors that are invisible to humans. So they have cameras that can see an ultraviolet and an infrared and different parts of the spectrum. So different colors will reveal different information to the scientists who are looking at the images. Now, of course, 
we can't see those colors. So we have to use computers to help us translate it, to map it into something that we can see. Now light, we can do a lot more with light than just take photos. So there's also instruments or tools that use spectroscopy. And spectroscopy is the study of light color rainbows. So we can figure out what material is on these planets or in the atmosphere of it using spectroscopy. So both these craft have these instruments. Also, radar. Hmm. Have you heard of radar? Okay, radar. And we're using something very similar with lasers to do the same thing. Where with radar, what we do is we send a radio wave. Now radio happens to be one of those colors or groups of colors that our eyes don't see. Radio is light. It's just invisible to humans, but we have machines that can sense it. So what we can do is we can send a radio wave and then wait for it to bounce back. And we time how long it takes for that radio wave to get back to us that we sent out. This is kind of like echolocation that bats or dolphins use, except instead of using sound, it's using light waves. And those are going to help the spacecraft to be able to map the surfaces of these moons and be able to figure out what the land is like without actually landing on them. Because this is something really important. Both of these craft are orbiters, meaning they will be satellites around these moons. They will not land on the moons. Now, eventually, we hope to send other missions back to land on them, but we don't have enough information yet. We don't have clear enough pictures to know where it would be safe, where would be a good place to land our spacecraft if we were to go there. Right now, we don't know. We could pick a place and then it turns out that there was actually a crater there or there's really sharp rocks and our spacecraft would just get destroyed. So one of the things we're gonna do is try and find good places to be able to land future missions if we want to find out more. And we want to know what's the most interesting place to land on that planet. Okay, now let's go back to those instruments because there's so much more that doesn't involve light that these spacecraft will be able to do. They have instruments that can measure the magnetic fields so they can measure radiation environments, they can measure magnetism, and that's going to give us clues about what's happening inside, right? Because remember, we think there's oceans here, but how do we know? Ooh, well, the magnetic field can give us a clue as to whether there's an ocean there. And we'll be able to measure the gravity as well. And using the gravity, this is really, really clever, Scientists may be able to map what the ocean floor of Europa looks like without actually going under the ice by simply looking at the gravity. How much is the gravity tugging? The more it tugs on the spacecraft in a certain area, the denser it is, the more stuff is probably there. So we might be able to figure out if there's mountain ranges underneath the ocean 
we have some of those on Earth, so maybe they could be on Europa. Or is it all very flat? Do we have, what, what's going on there? And we have a lot of guesses, but we won't know until our spacecraft actually go there and take the measurements. So there's so much that's coming up in the next decade for learning about these worlds. And we have these two amazing spacecraft on their way, which is really exciting because hopefully neither of them fail. But here's the thing, you've got to be prepared for some failure. Sometimes things don't work out and that's always hard when they don't, but we're trying to do big things, right? We're trying to do really difficult, but amazing things. So we try our best and if it doesn't work out, then we learn from our mistakes. But since there are two spacecraft that are going there, there's a chance that, well, if one failed, the other one would still be able to make it. Now, right after JUICE launched, remember JUICE is ESA's spacecraft, they had a problem. The antenna was not functioning properly. It was not releasing. And that was really important. If they didn't have the antenna, they weren't going to be able to do all the amazing things they wanted to with it. And so the engineers and the scientists got together and they came up with a solution and they were able to actually send instructions to the spacecraft. No people, remember, because it's out in space where we can't get to it. They were able to actually get it to fix itself. So it already has fixed one problem. And if new problems come up, then the engineers, the team, the scientists are going to work really hard to come up with solutions. And hopefully we will have some amazing science. And in a few years, well, more than a few years. So <laughs> when we are all a little bit older, we'll be able to talk about what are the amazing things that these spacecraft have helped us discover. All right. Thank you so much, Justice, and thank you everyone who is listening here on the podcast. If you have any questions that you would like us to discuss, any topics, please have your folks send that into the email in the description box. And as always, friends, hope you have dark skies and remember to stay curious.